All right, everybody, welcome in. Episode 2 of the HFL POD. We got caffeine. We got sugar. We got Kool-Aid of the Honolulu blue color. But that'll wait till Thursday. Uh, this episode is obviously going to be called The Draft. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, the Motown Mambo. Jerry, how you doing? Hello. And the Kamish, Charlie's Angels. What's up, man? Yes, sir! I like that. Is that going to be a thing? That's my thing. It's his thing. All right, so before we uh, hop into the draft, uh, hopefully every week, every other week, we're going to do a segment called uh, the Commission's Corner, where um, the Commission can just kind of give any explanation on any rulings because we're a bunch of competitive jerks that make his life miserable. Um, So uh, if you have anything for us this week, go ahead and hop right in. Now, can I just ask, I mean, if I call you with a problem... Do I, should I expect to hear about it on the commission's corner? I mean, if it's humorous, I think so for sure. Okay. So, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So, I have a feeling he's going to be getting a lot less phone calls. He's going to be put on public blast on the podcast. We should have done this years ago. (laughs) Years ago. (laughs) Boy, I can't wait for Kickergate 2023. This is going to be great. (laughs) Jerry's spending fat on kickers. It's oh, Kicker! The I Kicker! I can't Kicker Gate anymore. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Well, uh, uh, welcome to this uh, second podcast. I will say that I'm sitting here in uh, the HFL HQ with, uh, as Trevor said, donuts and coffee and Diet Coke. And, uh, and that actually makes me think of, uh, you know, I was thinking back to the draft weekend and it's amazing. You know, we had people come in from the Atlantic Coast. Uh, we had Steve come in from uh, from Florida. We had Colton come in from the uh, the, the west side of the country, and uh, it's really super cool that uh, that we all enjoy this so much that uh, we're willing to travel and get together. And we had all twelve teams there, and then you start thinking about the people that host the draft party and all the work that goes into that. And uh, I think uh, Austin hit it out of the park, so uh, he might get nominated for next year too, maybe. <laughs> But I think of, uh, of uh, Mike uh, with the view over there uh, on the lake and the jet skis and, of course, the czar with the party central over there on Bird Road and all the other people that have drafted. So it's kind of nice to reminisce about all that. As far as rule changes, the, uh, the trade deadline's been changed, and I'm going to have to change that yearly because Thanksgiving is uh, a mobile um, holiday. You're welcome for that. So yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, but no, that's no big deal. And I also uh, changed, as I said on the uh, website, the uh, fab. I believe that it's going to anybody that was a free agent in the past. No, anybody that was on waivers should be responsible for fab. But once they clear the waivers. You should be able to pick them up at any time. You also can bid zero Mm -hmm. to get a person with the fab. And I believe there is an order for the waivers. And if there is a tie, the person that's higher in the order will receive the player. This is all speculative based on what I've read. Uh, It's not super clear, but that's what I think is going to happen. So we're going to have to play it out and see how it goes. But uh, that's what my understanding is based on the website. Okay, quick quick scenario for you. 
Sure. Right. Say I uh, pick up somebody using Fab, right? Using some free agency budget. I still have to drop somebody. Does that person then have to go through the process of being bid on again if someone wants to pick them up? I believe that it's set up in such a way that if a player was on waivers in the past, that they'll be subject to the free agent bidding process, but I cannot be 100% sure on that. Okay. I do know that at the start of the week, every free agent will be subject to the fab bidding. Perfect. But I can't be sure. I didn't set it up to where you do fab every night except for Sunday, which was my only other option. Okay. Same day, Tuesday nights? Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning will be the first fab, and that starts this week. Okay. Now, what would happen if after fab is over, waivers have cleared, everybody's budget's been cleared, and somebody cut a kick and picked up uh, another running back that everybody was after? And then they didn't have a kicker going into would maybe. Wednesday morning? It would be, well, go ahead. So they don't have a kicker. Right, after waivers, but is that Wednesday morning? That would be Wednesday morning. And then another owner, because now there is no fab, just went through, picked up every kicker and cut every kicker. Would all those kickers be put on the fab at that point? It is my understanding that any player that is cut, much like years past, would be on waivers and would be subject to the bidding process for that night, which would be, in your case, well, first of all, three things are gonna happen. Somebody's okay, gonna no, get pissed. I've heard enough. The owner's gonna, or the commissioner's gonna have to clean it up. I've heard enough, <laughs> I've heard enough because, just do it, Steve, and I will kick or get you immediately. Because it's still gonna happen. When, just, as soon as you do it, it's gonna happen. I'm, mark my words. Please remember that there is a rule that you must be able to field a lineup at the start of the Thursday night game, which is the first game of the week. And if not, the person that you picked up when you dropped your kicker will be replaced back onto your roster. Sounds like a fair warning to me. Yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) Okay, that's it for the commission's corner, so we can go ahead and move on if you're uh, ready, Trev. Yeah, Uh, thanks for doing that. I'm actually, I think that's going to be a pretty fun segment as the... uh, Season goes on and shenanigans ensue. I just want to say that I hope it's a really boring segment and that uh, I usually have nothing to say. You ain't that lucky. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so next we got, obviously, the draft recap. Uh, so just kind of went through, looked at drafts that we liked, um, maybe drafts that we didn't like so much, but it's all speculation at this point. Uh, so number one, uh, I thought it was pretty obvious. I thought the bad guys had a super good draft. I just did. And it's the same every year because he picks from the same spot. He always goes either stud running back or wide receiver, quarterback, and then the other position. Sometimes he might go two running backs. But I thought his value in the fourth and fifth round with Damian Pierce and Madison is pretty sweet. To have one of those guys as a flex with uh, Olave, Josh Allen, the stability of Eckler, I thought he had a really nice draft. Didn't agree with every pick, but just the formula. Yeah, so you said um, to say, hey, what's your favorite pick of the draft? Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite pick is Josh Allen. Because I looked at it right there as a pick to win because you got yourself a 
a high-scoring powerhouse running back. Mm-hmm. Going to put some numbers up. And then Josh Allen, who's always got the ability to shut down the game for – it doesn't matter. He's going to put up 50. You're winning this week. Yep. You know what I mean? And with that scenario, and that's what I did last year, I loved that pick because it was a bit of a reach maybe for Allen at that point. He, you know, he could have went definitely with Waddle or – or but, is that coming back? No, he could have went with Gibbs or – you could see who went. But, I mean, you can take it to the bank that, that Corey's always going to take – a quarterback at that two-three turn. Oh, see, I always, always thought that was I was that guy. I just thought that no, was Corey. Me. Always takes the quarterback there, except for last year, which he took Mahomes. Well, I think I'll in the tell fourth. you what, I love that pick. So yeah, so, he's I got mean, a good team. I don't know about the best draft in my view, but good picks. I think he's in a tier okay. by himself. I don't know about that. I think there's one tier more, and then there's so. a big. Oh well, pick. thank you, Trev. I appreciate that. For me, number two <laughs> is Rocky, and. He doesn't have the sexiest picks, but he has the misfit toys that no one wanted. I thought you phrased that really well, uh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, he took the players that everybody was letting slide because they didn't necessarily want to pee. And I'm not talking about Barkley and St. Brown, but you know, I had my reservations about Higgins, but he got him a round later. Mm. I had my reservations he- about a lot of his players, and uh, he got really good value because I think I wasn't alone. So he picked up people that other people might have, and it, and it turned out to a good team. Yeah, he's got a lot of number two wide receivers, but you can't argue Barkley and St. Brown. Is, is T. Higgins, when that offense is clicking, a really a number two, or is he just a 1A? He's a value in round four. I'll tell you what, he's a 1A to me. I mean, you got two number ones on that team. They both put up starter numbers. If that offense if Burrow's is clicking, dealing. If he's dealing, baby. If he's putting it out there. Yeah, but he's a little bit banged up. Yeah, yeah. A little banged up. Okay, who you got next, Travis? Yeah, so that's the end of a huge tier for me. Oh, you know? my God. Here we go again. <laughs> and number three, we got the Mambo. So I, I thought, personally, that if you just look at the first two picks, the Mambo had the best one-two of the draft. Hill at nine, or are you at eight? eight? I'm at eight. Hill at eight is a steal. For me, I think he could have a huge year. Josh Jacobs, now that he's signed, is great. I thought Jerry, my whole thing for his team is he's rooting for an injury because I would not want to put up with both New York Jets running backs just vulturing all off of each other, especially when he really, right now, can only start one. Yeah, and and I'm going to be totally honest with you. When you were like, pick a favorite pick and a, and a worst pick of the draft, at Brees Hall, I regret that pick. I wish I wouldn't have took him. Um, because it, then it locked me into having to find Cook. And it was like, I don't really want to. And, and honestly, there's another good dude behind them. Uh, who is it? It's somebody that's got some got some firepower. Their backup from last year is now in Detroit. Zonovan Knight? Uh, I looked at the depth chart. And I was like, gosh, that guy can play too. Are you worried about Aaron Jones at all? Because they actually were courting one of the free agent running backs. This, uh, this I didn't want Aaron Jones. That's not what I wanted. Again, I don't love my draft, but I took the guys. Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Michael Carter can play. Yeah, yeah. So now we've got a little bit, but I'm just saying. You know, I don't. I don't love my picks, but so I do your- love. I do, I do think I have a lot of things that are going to pan out there, and uh, I have no doubt. you so got to love T-Law in the fifth. I don't like him. I just don't like him oh. as a player. I hate having 
I hate I, having guys on my team I don't like. Here's I see a trade opportunity. Yeah. You got Josh Allen? <laughs> here's a quick disclaimer. This is the part where doing this podcast sucks. Because we are giving everybody an inside view under the curtain on how we feel on all these players. So we are ready to be taken advantage of. Just come knocking. Oh. Well, this sucks a little bit because we're giving all of our... Are you sure we're not posturing? Our vast depths of knowledge are being displayed <laughs> for the whole universe. Shit, that was the wrong eye. So this is a labor of love. You're welcome, everybody. Are we ready to move on? Yes. So, yeah, after that tier break between two and three, and I just can't emphasize how big that tier is. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's obvious what you're doing. I respect it's working. It. I it's respect huge. it. Uh, I have the Tropics, and I look at the Tropics draft, and I'm not a C.D. Lamb guy. I think Derrick Henry's going to be on prosthetics by the end of the year. But the value he got in rounds four through, or three through eight, I love. I look at there, I look at the draft board, and I don't see a pick there that I don't like. Andrews, steal at the end of the third. He's practicing today. Amari Cooper, high upside guy. James Conner, James Cook. The James brothers, can't argue with that for running back two and three. There's upside and safety there. And then Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown, not bad. No, he's got a nice build. Not bad. There's yeah. depth there. There's depth. And that is the – He's out. doing good if you're looking for not bad. You know what I mean? If you, want that, if you want that guy that's not bad, then he's doing great. So I would my not, four – I would not have put him here. My, I just – I love his depth. I'm going to stop his ass week one. Game of the week. Da-na-na, uh, That's the, the attribute of his team that screens out. Just the depth. I really like uh, uh, Steve McGuire's depth. Uh, fifth pick, or uh, fifth team, I've got the Angels. On paper, love his team, but then you look and three of his first six picks were Atlanta. And that's scary. I don't think they were even close to a top half offense last year, but like Bijan Mixon... My man's got some inside information, I think. Does he? He's feeling well, something out of Atlanta, the Dirty Birds. Arthur Smith. Uh, solid team. Do you got anything to say about your team? You know, I was just looking for uh, athletes, people with uh, superior talent. Uh, and if I got people on bad teams, I'm, you know, I guess I was looking for them as a value. I do hate the fact that I'm banking my quarterback situation on uh, an Ohio State one that I really didn't like. But, All the fields. You know. <laughs> I guess I got to give him some love. The anointed one. <laughs> Tell you what, his uh, if you look at a comparison between Paula Fields and Jalen Hurts, you're going to see a very similar stat line. Very similar. And and Justin Hurts does nothing but get love this year. So if you're training towards Hurts, you're training towards a championship. Second year, he should have four or five points worth of uh, increased uh, pass completions. That's historical. Nowhere to go but up. Uh, you got that right. I mean, when you're below 50, no, I don't think he is, but. Um, another striking feature, you said you liked athletes. You either drafted people that were super old or super young. No in-between. You got Bijan, Young Gun, Mixon, Geriatric, Keenan Allen, In a Wheelchair, Justin Fields, Strong Legs, Drake London, Pitts, Dotson, Young. I either wanted safe or play to win. And I feel like I got a good mix of that. The walking oxygen. Mixon is safe because of his opportunity. Allen is safe and consistent. 
Okay. Of course, I overpaid for him, too, in the third round, but that's beside the point. Hey, I'm high on his quarterback. Just putting that out there. Um, number six, I've got the big dogs. And, I mean, obviously the outstanding feature of his team, he's got tight end one, quarterback one, same team. It's unfortunate for Austin because he's obviously going to get punked week one going up against the best defense in the league. 100%. Like that, that's just not going to happen. You're going to have Jack Campbell covering Kelsey like a blanket. No fly zone. Um, he needs some things to work out for his team to have, you know, take that step. And I look at Christian Watson and Rashad White as kind of the, the catalyst of where his team's going to go. Love his first three picks. Can't argue those to me. Um, need some things to work out in the back half of the draft. Uh, I think there's a lot that can happen with that Calvin Ridley pick, man. You remember what Calvin Ridley was when he was before sports gambling and mental breakdowns? Yes, yeah, a year before I drafted him. Dude was a savage. Yeah, he's so good. Didn't he take over the number one on the same team? As Julio. As Julio. He was wide receiver I mean, four you're talking five. about a guy with game-breaking talent. And I saw him running routes in the preseason, and the eyeball test was strong with this one. So, is that patented? The J3 Mambo eyeball test? It's the it's the reason why I'm better than everyone else at fantasy football. Can't argue that. Yeah. So, not subjective at all. Second tier. <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see where that tears where those tears end up at the end of the season because I think they're just gonna be down your face. Number seven, we've got J4. I think on paper, like, experts look at J4's draft and they're like, yes. And the reason I have him at seven, I labeled it in the sheet, he's got Chubb and everybody else. Chubb, amazing pick, love him there. I'm not an Adams guy. I think Adams is over the hill, new quarterback there. Uh, Long in the tooth. Yeah, I just... He's not my uh, ETN. There's a lot there that scares me with how with the uh, reports out of Jaguars camp about Tank Bigsby. I wonder who has him. Um, Matt Cock. <laughs> He's huge. Oh my gosh! No. In more ways than one. Have you guys seen this? Because what do you, what do you think of DK Metcalf's NFL career so far? What do you just a lot of touchdowns? A freak athlete. Leaves a little bit to be desired. Okay, all right. That's about what I think. I think he's. Uh, I think he's consistently undervalued. Okay. And what would you? Okay. Well, that doesn't really go along with my narrative here. But what would you say if I told you he's ahead of Kelvin Johnson in almost every statistical category at this point in their career? I think. My, I think that would make sense because Kelvin didn't have Stafford for what the first two years. Of his career, who's throwing him the ball? Okay, but we're talking about Kelvin Johnson's considered maybe the best receiver of his generation. He is. He's not like Jerry Rice, but okay. And DK Metcalf, to me, is not that guy. But he's bet, got better numbers. Yeah, he's undervalued. That's crazy. He's better than people perceive him as being. Yeah, because and, and, he's yeah. just not that good. Yeah. I don't know why he's got better numbers than Kelvin. It pisses me off. But apparently he is. So. He's, he's yeah. a great player. Love, love the Javante pick. Um, say what you will, but we'll we'll get into that later. I, I thought for his first year, I thought J four had a solid draft. Sitting, I struggled with that ranking. Sitting next to him, uh, I think that he was a little surprised at the difficulty of our draft compared to 
the drafts he's obviously been in. Um, and being in the same room with everybody is a distraction, and I don't think he's ever had that because I think they usually draft on computers in separate rooms and shit like that. So, um, I mean, I thought he did okay. I mean, did he next get to him. did he get flustered? He did because uh, he had to draft under my name with our we, we have the same service. Yeah. I, I think we'll probably switch going into next year, but you know we've been using the same one. Ooh, when so, you guys were side by side with the same service, how many times did he snipe you? Um, a few, <laughs> a few, and I hated. This isn't anything to do. I hated drafting where I drafted. I had I had dogs on all sides of me. I mean, I hated drafting around the spot I did. You know, one thing I'd like to bring up really quick is, uh, and I thought of it when we were talking about Javante Williams. You know, like I know Trev's high on him. I personally have been burned by Javante, so like he's on my do not draft list. Because I'm like, hey, burn me once, you know, shame on you, burn me twice, shame on me. So I don't know if anybody else has people that they've I, had. I just, there's people that I just don't want because. Oh, for sure. I would have loved to have Ridley and he just, oh, oh. he singed my butt. Oh. That's he really a, did. You know, kudos to you. I don't know if I could do it. Oh, and by the way, uh, J4's uh, official team name is Young Guns, right? Correct. Yeah, people with young guns. Solid movie. Got he said, and I quote, "I'm gonna go with young guns for now, but I may grow into another one before he brands." Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. And that leads me to our, our my eighth ranked draft, and that's uh, my team, the Boondock Striders. That's gonna be my name. Love and that I, name. I love it. it. After that classy movie, Boondock Saints. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and I think my draft comes down to one question. Does Cooper Cup have a hamstring? If he doesn't, I'm shafted. If he does, I should be okay. If I can maybe scrape up a couple wins. Uh, Needs to. Yeah. If, uh, if I can scrape a couple wins early. So, I don't hate my draft. I'm not in <coughs> love with it. When you go 0RB, I felt like I needed more running backs late, and they just kept going. On the way back around towards me, towards my picks... Running backs just kept going. The Jalen Warren, uh, Eli Mitchell round hurt. You know, on the same, you know, Ty J Spears wanted him. Tyler Algier, and they went, you know, two, three picks before me. I was like, dang, this kind of sucks. But, but, but you got great value, I think, with Montgomery in the sixth. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Number uh, one back in Detroit. I think you're going to see a lot of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs on the field at the same time. And uh-huh. I. Give it to me. Yeah, I know. I know. And I'm saying I, I like that pick there. I also think J.K. Dobbins will outperform his position there. I mean, that's a fifth-round pick. Late fifth. Late fifth. I wanted Sanders. What has Dobbins ever got me with Sanders. What has Dobbins ever done? Dobbins can't stay on the field. Don't say that. He's trying to hold out for a contract, and I'm like, you've got nothing. You've got all these studs that can't get a contract. And this guy can't stay on the field, yet he's walking around like he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's still one of the highest yards per carry over, like, four touches. Okay, but if you if, – <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you give him a minimum of ten touches, yeah. He's not a pick, man. Well, I look at what he's done when he is healthy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It's, it's good. And last year he was banged up the whole first half of the year. Let me defend my pick a little bit here. I, I, I think was, he'll be okay, and Todd Monken throws the ball to running backs. So I hope he's got hands. We'll see. Yeah, there's a reason he dropped to the fifth. Thank you. But he's got upside. I Thank will you. say I'm tired of everybody on this Charbonnet train. Like, 
You got K9 there, dog. I was forced into him. I didn't want to take no, him there. It been, was early. You've been championing him. We've been talking. I did not saying, expect to take him. You've been saying K9. Where did K9 go? Fifth round? No, K9 went in the... Yeah, fifth round. Fifth round. Okay, if uh, if Charbonnet's not there, he's probably a third round pick. Second. Yeah, second round second pick. First. Charbonnet's hurt his value. They, they drafted a second round, second round draft capital for Charbonnet. Okay, I want to go on record as saying... Zach Charbonnet cannot carry K9's jockstrap. K9 is so much better than Charbonnet. I think Charbonnet is better draft capital. He's so much better. He's such a better talent that he couldn't even carry his jockstrap. Then, then why didn't you draft Walker in the fourth round? I didn't say I like the situation, but Walker is an elite talent. Look what he did at Michigan State, dude. He took Michigan State from the depths of hell to a legitimate... Big Ten contender. Oh, he can hit a home run. By himself. He can hit a home run on any carry. And he had done it last year, too. But the only reason they're not higher on him is because he is a little bit of a China dog. Other than that, he's an absolute stud. And and to even compare a run-of-the-mill running back like Zach Charbonnet, literally a run-of-the-mill running back, there is nothing special about him. To a guy like K-9, is an embarrassment to not only you, but your entire family. All I can say is, all I can say is Aren't this. You a family member? Oh, I am. All I can say is this: is the Seahawks didn't believe in them because they took they took a second round pick to draft Charbonnet, and we obviously oh. didn't believe in them because oh, we let them slide to the oh. fifth round. Oh, you second, let them slide to oh, the fifth round. A second round pick, big deal. All right. That's exactly what Walker was—a second round pick. Well, Walker is clear cut starter there. Trust me. To I, me, I'm not saying he's not. The only reason they drafted him is because of the injury thing. When you talk about talent, it's not even considerable. That's and if fair. you think Zach Charbonnet is going to do anything special in that offense, you're on a whole other setup. I just think their their strengths are in different areas. Charbonnet is a little bit of a better receiver. K9 is an amazing Charbonnet player. wasn't even the best running back on his team in Michigan. That's why he had to transfer. It's a fair take. Char- I mean, you're Charbonnet's- talking about a guy who had to bounce around in college to find a starting spot. You think he's going to come and unseat a Heisman Trophy winner? Charbonnet's the he better. He should have won it. He, he won even it. a finalist. Yes, he was there. No, he wasn't. He should have been. Well, Lenny was mad because Hutchinson went and K-9 did Oh, well, I think it's pretty obvious Hutch is better, but, I mean, that's a different story. We probably said enough about this one. Yeah, this isn't Seahawks radio. <clears throat> but Charbonnet's a better goal line. And that's what I'll say. Oh, I love how you want you want to be. Well, we're heading up. Hold on a second. Let me get my point in. Better goal line, better receiver, not nearly as good a bat. Hmm. I yeah, I, K9's a talent. I had him last year, and I traded a lot for him, and he was great. I'm sorry when you get compared to Barry Sanders. There's something oh. about him. He went right next to Madison and Acres, so we must really believe in him. I like Madison and Acres. Yeah, I like them too. Pick them All right, let's go. Bottom line is they're off. Let's go. I put lunch right now. Zach Charbonnet, uh, K nine, K nine outscores him for the season. I'm not saying that that K nine's not All I'm saying is, is Charbonnet hurts his value a lot. Not because he's any good. Because K nine might get hurt. You know what hurts K 9s value? K nine might get hurt. K nine. Not fact, Charbonnet. It could be anyone else. K9 couldn't score inside the final on the red zone. Let each other talk. K9 can score on the red zone. Come on. All right. Nice. If you can run for 60 yards, you can run for six inches. He did it last year. All right. Number nine. I've got Colton. And it was a little bit surprised. Like, 
I was not mad at this draft at all. I just wanted more, and especially at the 2-3 turn. And I can't even argue with it, because he needed to take Najee Harris, and Najee Harris is kind of the last of a tier. I'm just a huge Jalen Warren guy. You know, Jalen Waddle, cool, electric receiver, one of my favorite people to watch, but he's number two on his own team. Didn't really hurt last year. Love the Waller pick, and here we go again. <laughs> Not a huge Kenneth Walker fan. I spread the first into the fire. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. I know how you guys feel. Tua was a I'll let two. I'll let Kenneth Walker's stats speak for themselves this year. Yeah, I would like his team a lot better if it was Waddle Alave or Waddle Hurts maybe mm-hmm. versus Harris. But that's also because I'm not a Harris guy. But I think Waller in the fourth round, particularly he got him after Hawkins or uh, uh, Hawkinson and Goddard went. I think is a tremendous, yeah. tremendous value. Yep, really nice pick there. Uh, and that brings us to number ten, which I have the Benzers. You gotta admit, fellas, there is some sexiness to McCaffrey Gibbs. And Gibbs oh, was a reach. Yeah. Gibbs no. was a reach. Don't get me wrong, but there is some, there's some flair. Some but you know what? I like the cojones to make the reach there. Because that's a guy that could have some serious upside. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking about playing him as a wide receiver a lot. So he's going to see the field in multiple different ways, and he's going to touch the ball and hand off to pass catcher. I look at Mike's uh, Mike's draft, and I, I like to think that he took you know, his version of my guys. Mm-hmm. He took people that he wanted to have on his team. He reached a little bit for Gibbs, but that's because he wanted him. He reached a little bit for Burrow, but I think that's because he really wants him and he likes him. And sometimes that really works out for you. And sometimes, like last year for the Angels, it doesn't. Yeah, but here's the deal. You can go with guys that aren't your guys, and it, it's the same thing. So you almost would rather, you know, go down with the ship in some in There some is regards. no way to me, and this is where I'm going to ding Uncle Mike. There's no way Burrow should have gone before Hurts. In my opinion, there's no way Goddard should have gone before Waller. Joy ball game. That and my man's receivers were around when the pyramids were being built. Yeah. Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, Mike Thomas, Lazard, Phelan. They're ancient. They're ancient. I just, in that, like. He's got a little Pittman sprinkled in. Lockett, once again, usually a super big value. But you can't take him in the fifth. Just my personal, my personal. All right, so number 11, we have um, uh, the Hillbillies. Can't really argue with his first two to three picks. I love some of his picks, but I thought others could have been better. I'm not a Debo guy. I thought Evan Ingram was a huge reach in round five. I believe you guys have an Evan Ingram, Sam Laporte at that, right? Between the two of you. (laughs) Man, we do. That is Who's, on, nice who's on the Ingram side and I'm, who's on the Laporta side? I got Ingram. And this is scoring for the rest of the season? Yeah, I don't have much respect for uh, Ingram. So Okay. And obviously Laporta went way after him in the draft. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, what they're saying about Laporta, man, is this guy's the next Kellen Winslow. Hmm. So Who's saying that? I've just heard it. <laughs> if, you, if you need me to, I'll say it for you. <laughs> uh, Good pull, though, from the late 70s, early 80s, Kellen Winslow. I was hoping nobody knew who he was. That's fair. Um, and then at 12th for me, I did have the Patriarchs. What I'll say about uh, Jen's draft is I thought she nailed her first and third pick. 
Jamar Chase at four and Jalen Hurts almost halfway through the third round, that's money. To me, though, Ramondre Stevenson in round two, I had him as like a round four to five guy. He got hurt when Elliott got signed. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with the uh, Charbonnet-Walker uh, deal. Zeke is just the better goal line back. He's going to get those valuable touches. But, once again, that's just me. And then Hawkinson in the fourth, you just... Now, this might be the kiss of death for me week one because I'm playing Jen, and Hawk will probably go off for 25 one of the two weeks that he will this year. But uh, it seems to me like he's either feast or famine. You're getting over 20 or you're getting five, and it's one or the other. So, plus, there might be another mouth to feed there in Minnesota. So, we'll see how it shakes out. I'll tell you what, and this doesn't just pertain to Jen, but when I showed up, I was obviously the last one to get there, me and Bear, and... uh, Dude, everybody was so prepared for this draft. I was like, man, we got a solid league. I mean, everybody was prepared. Nobody had anybody helping them. I mean... And it still went so different than what I thought it would. All right, so as promised last week, we're going to do like the perception of the greatness of owners. Like who, not necessarily who we're scared of, but who we, like who I think of. And I'm like, you know what? Really solid owner. Like really good. And like you just said... The whole league has been so good. This was really, really tough. All right, so for me, it's uh, you know Chuck, Steve, massive tier. Like I just can't. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Why? There's not even a tier on the paper. It's not even there. But it's perceived, and he's right. Ah, mighty. Then Jerry the third. Um, I I said this in our last episode. I think Steve McGuire is a great owner. Um, Austin, Bill, Corey, Mike, there's a big tier. And then myself, Colton, Jen, and J4 is impossible to rank. We'll see how he does. I I thought it was pretty cool. I know he's had a ton of success in his other league, but I think he said it himself. This league was a little bit different. It was a harder draft just because I feel like in general, we know what we're doing. I think most of the people that run multiple leagues, you know, I know Bill and Mike do. I know I do. I know Trevor does. This one's usually harder to draft in than the other ones. Uh, way easier to draft in your money league, Jay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm in another league as well, and it's this league's way harder. <laughs> and this, and there's and there's no money on it, so it's just it's it's care. Yeah, the fact that Corey, who isn't even in our family, comes in for the draft is just really cool too to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's from like from like 400 miles away. Or he's in our football family for sure. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. So I think our next segment is going to be a weekly thing, um, and it's we're going to call it uh, Jerry's Fantasy Pros Forecast. Yeah. So it's just going to be like a weekly preview type deal where uh, Jerry runs through some power rankings, but go ahead and take it away, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. So um, what I was going to do is do like your weekly power rankings based on the team that it's putting your best players in for you. I've downloaded the, the league into the app. You guys have probably seen the Fantasy Pros app or used it, but um, so you download the it downloads the whole league and everything, and it keeps it update and and all that. So um, as far as this coming out of the draft, this is the way it saw it from bottom to top. Number twelve, the Hillbillies. Number eleven, the Benzers. Number ten, Charlie's Angels. Number nine, Scott's team. Number eight, the big dogs. And number seven, young guns. Number six, patriarchs. 
Number five, the Boondock Striders. Number four, Motown Mambo. A little bit low there. Number three. There's a tear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number three, the Flint Tropics, and number two, the Bad Guys. And according to Fantasy Pros, the best draft goes to Rocky. Okay. So, I, I think, think... Go ahead. No, you do go ahead, because I would like you to go ahead and see how that matched up with the way you put it. So, my top four were all the same, just in different order. Okay. Right? And then you at the bottom, you had Mike, right? Uh, Hillbilly. Or Bill? He yeah. was my 11th. Who was number 11 for you? Uh, Benzers. He was my 10th. Who was number 10? Charlie. I had him a little higher. He's my boss at work. I just... Yeah. You know. Well, we get it. Uh, so, I think overall it was pretty close. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, so, sub, it's so subjective and, it's, and it really doesn't mean that much. Because we've all seen teams that that weren't supposed to do it on paper, and then we've and did it, and then we've seen teams that were going to be. Oh my gosh, he's got the greatest team ever, whether it was from a trade or mm-hmm. from a whatever. And that team doesn't even make the playoffs. So, I mean, doesn't mean much. So then, uh, what we will do every week is go to uh, projected standings. Okay, projected standings, and what this is is it looks at who you're going to play in what week. And the players' matchups that week, it looks at everything and says, this will be your record at the end of the year. So, in the playoffs... So we're doing this now or are we doing it next next week? Well, I'm going to do it now because it's projecting them right now. Okay. Okay. So, and this doesn't take into account, though, divisions. So it picks the top four to make it. All right. Okay. Um, Do you guys want that now? Is it going to be the same top four as what you already said or is it different? It's different. Okay, let's go. Get me in there. All right, well, I'll start at the bottom before we count the playoff teams here, okay? Okay. Um, with the worst record in the league from the draft, the Hillbillies. Okay. The second worst record in the league from the draft, Rocky. What? I, I, I'm just telling you what it says. He's got a hard schedule. I'm just telling you what it says. Uh, third worst record in the league. The Benzers. Okay. Fourth worst record in the league, Charlie's Angels. Wow. Disappointment. What is that record? That yeah. record is 7-7 seven, seven and seven, and a 45% chance there. Okay. So the fourth, the bottom team, has got a 500 record? Dude, the, the parody that this thing is reading is insane. So if this thing is close, I'm going to tell you right now. It's got every team going seven and seven. Wow. Oh, okay. Every no, team. it's not every team. It's got Hillbillies going six and eight. Come on. Dude, it's got so much parity. I couldn't believe it when I opened it. And I've done this the last couple of years. It's never like this. So what's going to happen is it's saying, like, look, you guys got a pretty parity-driven league here, right? So, um, but it does list the percentage of that chance, and then the percentages are going way up for the teams that it's listing in the playoffs. All right. So then it goes, uh, it goes Angels, Boondock Striders, Mambo, Tropics, Scott's team, and now we're talking playoffs. And this is with a 58% chance of making the playoffs from the draft. Can't say that enough. 
Patriarchs at seven and seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it, based on the matchups, he does have a free win against me week seven. That's probably what it's looking at. Stuff like that. So based on the matchups. So then, and the third spot for the playoffs is the Young Guns, sixty-one percent, as predicted by Trevster Damas. Trevster Damas. Uh, the second spot is going to go to the bad guys with a 61% chance tied with the young guns. We can all get behind that. Yeah. And then the number one spot, a lock to make the playoffs according to Fantasy Pros, the big dogs with a 68% chance. Oh, man, I can hear him barking he from... He must have uh, a weak-ass schedule because his team ain't that good. Like, <laughs> is that crap talking before week one? We're going to hear him barking from Novi when he reads it or listens to this. Yeah. All right, so as far as matchups for week one... Game of the week. Mm. Game of the week. We've got the Mambo versus the Tropics. Uh, really good game. I believe that will be settled on Monday night if it gets that far. I think uh, Steve's got one player Monday night, and other than that, you guys are going to be all settled up by Sunday. Oh, no, I, don't you know, do too. I don't know if it already has me having the Lions defense in or not. It does. Okay, good. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure I have my starting lineup. Actually, Laporta might be a good play that week, this oh, week. Oh, he'll be in. If I have a lion on my team, I'm playing him. Let's go. Um, then we have, I think, the edge that week, for me personally, goes to the Tropics. It's projected that way, too. Brees is hurt. Dalvin Cook is kind good. of up. You don't know who's going <laughs> to... Brees is hurt. Good. Now I have one starting running back instead of two. Yeah, that and between the Lions facing the league's number one offense, a little scary. Little edge to the Tropics. Then we have same division, Patriarchs versus the Angels. Uh, two of the highest score, uh, projected scores by the CBS, uh, the CBS site. So that should be a pretty fun one. Um, I think small, small edge to um, the Angels. They have some pretty nice matchups. Atlanta's got Carolina. Mm. So wherever Atlanta goes, so do the Angels. Uh, then we have Rocky versus the Big Dogs, the Godfather-Godson matchup. Mm. Made in heaven, the Big Dogs with the highest projected point total. So you got to give them the edge. All right. Uh, next we have uh, Scott and Scott's team uh, versus the reigning champ, the Benzers. Projected, they are .4 points apart Ooh. on CBS. Super close. Wow, sexy. It's nice. I'm, uh, I'm going to give the small edge over to um, Colton just because Miami's got the Chargers and that defense is rather porous and he's got the Tua Waddle stack. He does. You know, one of his few wins this year. Uh, then we have uh, myself versus the Hillbillies. Two of the lower projected point holes, I believe, but Bill's still got somebody in that suspended. Um don't really know where this one's going to go. I don't think Cup's playing, so I'll probably give the small edge to the Hillbillies. Um, and then, last but not least, we have the Young Guns versus the Massacres. Do we think the Young Guns get a win in their inaugural HFL game? Against I, who we said had the best rack. At least who I said. Yeah. And your app said, what, second? Yes, yeah. Can, can, can J4 and the Young Guns squeeze one out? Man, I, I honestly, I'd have to look at that, and I haven't had time to look at it, but, um, you know, obviously I'm pulling for him. Don't want a non-family member winning any more than he already has. That's fair. I did say he's part of a football family, but it's just a thing I like to pick out. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Uh, so that's the matchups this week. We'll uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with a. What about Travis? Lock we'll it in, play that. of the week. Oh, we'll get that. Wait, wait, today's Tuesday. We'll be back next Tuesday. We don't have another pod scheduled for the rest of this week unless we want to do just Lions content, which would be fun. Um, I've got a lot to say. We'll be back next Tuesday with a weekly review, and we're going to try for Tuesday, Thursday. Um, and Thursday will be the following week's preview before the Thursday night game. Also, can we mention to them, and we haven't talked about this, but if you want to get on the pod and be the guest, then let Trevor know so he can work on... He's. Try, I think you're trying to work on a way yeah. to get him on the pod from remote, right? Yeah, so remote guests will definitely get you on. Everybody who's kind of close, like in Michigan, it would be sweet to have you live. In person. You know, it would be really cool. And we can do Tuesday or Thursday, whatever you guys want. And then if you guys have any segments for us that you'd like to see, let us know. Because we're trying to make this, you know, fun for you guys and... I got a segment that I kind of would like to add, and we started it last week, and I was really looking forward to it, and I haven't seen it, and that's the uh, and that's uh, Trev ripping on uh, the Mountaineers. I mean, you zinged them left and right last week, and I was looking for something, and you showed them nothing but love this week, and I'm a little disappointed. I mean, he wasted his sixth-round pick, but I can't really say anything, because I might have wasted my fourth. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, what can I say? It's the pot calling the kettle black. All right. Uh, so last thing for this week, we have a new segment that's called Trev's Lock It In Play of the Week, yeah. presented by FanDuel. Wow, a free plug. I thought it was going to be Hall's Greenhouse. Presented by Hall's Greenhouse via FanDuel. <laughs> Your way to play. You even had the voice. Thank you. Uh, so this week, I'm going with, and this is not biased, I would like to point that out. This is from the depths of my statistical research. We've got the Thursday night game. David Montgomery over 49 and a half rushing yards. Parlayed with the Lions plus six and a half. The, the site is begging you to take the Chiefs. The public money is on the Chiefs. The percentage of public bets. So we're going with the Lions. Montgomery is on my fantasy team. The Lions are my team, but this is unbiased. You're getting plus 188. Plus 188 on that parlay? You know, and you could even throw a touchdown in there. David Montgomery, how many did Jamal have last year? Almost one a week. 17. Almost one a week. Oh, I kind of like this. 17. You could throw a touchdown in there. Let's just look where it's at. Let's just sprinkle it in for those who just, you know, maybe half a unit. A unit. Let's throw it in. Yeah, sweeten it up a little bit. You know, while you look it up, I love having Lions on my teams because it gives me just another reason to uh, to root for them. Oh, yeah, dude, all day. So we got Lions. It's just not always a good fantasy strategy. Well, yeah, because they break your heart more ways than one. Yeah. It's like you get so excited for the game, but then you're like, are you kidding me? So Montgomery, anytime touchdown score, Lions plus six and a half, and Montgomery over 50 rushing yards. Plus 280. Plus 347. Ooh. Man, the Kool-Aid. I'm going to put 10 bucks on it. Hello. To win the, 35. I love it. The Kool-Aid is flowing in this room. And it's Honolulu Blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I came out playing this day, and I'll go on the record before the game was saying this. The Lions are going to win this game. I'm with you. The Lions are going to win this game, and it's going to set us up for probably the biggest SOL at the end of the season we've ever felt. I no, want them when they come out of the, when they come out of the tunnel. I want them to have like a fake brick wall that they can run through. 
Just like Kool-Aid Man. 100%. So that's going to do it for this week. A little bit longer this week, but something tells me that might be a pattern for us. Uh, we'll see you guys early next week. Thanks so much for listening. Go Lions! Adios. Go Lions! <laughs>